downgrading my own struggle. Sneaky fucker, don't you think? And when all I wanted to do was lie there and feel sorry for myself, he insisted on telling me once again about his unifying theory of life. Certainly a phenomenon in all walks of life. What do you mean? Well, at one point you've got it, then you lose it, and it's gone forever. All walks of life. Georgie Best, for example, had it, lost it. Or David Bowie, or Lou Reed. Lou Reed, some of his solo stuff's not bad. No, it's not bad, but it's not great either, is it? And in your heart, you kind of know that although it sounds all right, it's actually just shite. So who else? Charlie Nicholas, David Niven, Malcolm McLaren, okay, Elvis okay, Presley. Okay, okay, so what is the point you're trying to make? All I am trying to do, Mark, is to help you understand that the name of the rose is merely a blip on an otherwise uninterrupted downward trajectory. And what about the untouchables? I don't rate that at all. Despite the Academy Award? That means fuck all. It's a sympathy vote. So, we all get old, we can't hack it anymore and that's it? Yeah. That's your theory? Yeah. Beautifully fucking illustrated. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. the beast. Have you got it in your sights? Clear enough, Mitch Moneypenny. This should present no significant problems. For a vegetarian, Renz, you're a fucking evil shot. Without heroin, I attempted to lead a useful and fulfilling life as a good citizen. You've blown it. Stuffing your There's so much of myself, I could hardly bear to look at them. socially acceptable way, also a drug addict. And now I'm ready. That one of the problems about all this was that you guys, for how many years did you not talk for? Yeah, quite a bit. A long time, yeah. Yeah, sadly, yeah. No, and I don't mean to trivialize because it, it sounds, it's an awful thing. You know, you really liked each other, you loved working together, and, yeah. then, and then it, it 
what was it? Was it one bus stop or was it a dribbling apart? Well, it was just a th it was just over a film that um, was a misunderstanding and a mishandling of. It was a, it was just over a film that I. Th this was this was the beach. Yeah, yeah, and it did. It's it's a big regret of mine that it went on for so very long. It's a shame we didn't work together all those years. Yeah. It was not because of any particular film. And it didn't really matter about the beach. It was never about the beach. It was about our friendship and, the f and how much um, I'd, I felt like Danny's... I was in th the first three movies, you know, Shallow Grave, Trainspotting, and then A Life Less Ordinary. And then I wasn't in the fourth, and I was a bit... Uh, it made me a bit rudderless. I didn't quite get it. And, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't speak for a long time, which was such a waste. Because it was trying to be... So it began with a, a lunch? Was it, is the lunch when, it's, when you told him he wasn't going to be in the beach? Yeah, and I think we can't... I handled it very, very badly, and I, I, I've apologised to you, and, and, and I, I kind of feel a shame about it that's very difficult to... You know, it's one of the things, weirdly, that the film's about, is about trying to express emotions, and I felt a great shame about it, really. I was not proud of the way I handled it, and he, actually, handled it with enormous grace, because, you know, you, you, you see these actors, and they do big things, and you hear these stories about them, and he handles all his world with enormous grace. And, and, and courage, actually, which is the definition of grace. Uh, they say courage is grace under pressure, which he showed enormously. So, um, and, and we had this thing, we, we had this film, this Slumdog Millionaire, which was doing amazing, picking up all these amazing things. And, and somebody asked him, he didn't that tell me, somebody asked him whether he'd present this kind of promotional award to me, on, 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 which is one of the things you do on the route to the Oscars and stuff like that. And he did, and he stood up on stage and he made this amazing speech. And I was like in tears backstage. It was like, oh God. So yeah, um, I'm very grateful to him. And when this happens in my life, if a friend of mine, if this happens, I always really unsuccessfully try to interfere and broker a peace. Did any of you try to get involved? Or did you just go, whoa, I'm leaving that alone? We had our own feuds going on. <laughs> really upset about it, so upset I actually did the beach with Danny. Hashtag Team Danny. But very quickly, very quickly, because I was reading, because there were going to be honest, reading about this. Danny's actor now. And I was reading about this, and there's a story, there's a story that I don't know who told the story or how it ended up in the papers, it's a story, and I'm reading the story, and I'm thinking, oh, this is obviously the lovely moment when they buried the hatchet and came together. Talk us through the, the flight back from, was it Shanghai? Oh, God. oh dear. Yes. Oh, was it a 15-hour well, flight? So I'm in the plane to Shanghai to promote a movie, and someone says, you know who the head of the jury is? And I went, no, and I went, Danny Boyle. <laughs> thinking I'd be delighted, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> And um, we pointed <laughs> to each other, like, uh, things, and it was a bit awkward, and... Anyway, then we come back home, because we're all showbiz celebrities, we were flying first class. Of course. And uh, it was only three of us in first class. Danny, me, and my wife, Ev. And we're flying back, and uh, we're scattered around. And then Ev falls asleep, and her light goes off, and I'm sitting there. And, and Danny's light's on, and my light's on, and I'm thinking... This is it. This is the moment. <laughs> and I'm slightly behind, so I can see that. I'm thinking, this is it. This is... This is when we just get it all out. And we're supposed to... I'll say, I'm sorry. And he'll say, I'm sorry. And we'll get on with it. And we couldn't. We just sat there with our lights burning. <laughs> 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 I 
if you'd like to see even Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. It's shite been Scottish with the lowest of the low. What film is that? I, I've given you two clues. You, Of course they have Ewan McGregor in this. Ewan McGregor who went on to play Obi-Wan Kenobi. But in the beginning of his career, he worked in three films with Danny Boyle. This, of course, is before The Beach, which that started their feud, and before Academy Award-winning Slumdog Millionaire. If you've never seen Train Spotting, get ready. This is the 90s. It's a black comedy drama. Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremer, Johnny Lee Miller, before Angelina, Kevin McKidd, Robert Carlyle, and Kelly McDonald. Based on the 1993 novel of the same name by Irvin Welsh. This was truly a hit. At this moment, everyone knew who Ewan McGregor was. And with Star Wars, the whole world knew who Ewan McGregor was. And then, of course, there's the sequel, T2. Trainspotting was released in January of 2017. It's about heroin. It's about friends sticking together, friends backstabbing one another. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. And, of course, let's see. I'm trying to think. All right, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm making sure that everyone's still here. <laughs> yeah. Train Spotting is just one of those films. It also gave a new generation Lust for Life by Iggy Pop because that opens the film. And then there's a very uh, trauma- dramatic and traumatic experience that Ewan McGregor's um, Renton experiences when he does heroin. And and we've all seen it. The carpets go up and you hear Lou Reed's perfect day. Trainspotting is a comedy. It's a drama. There's a lot of seriousness this in though. The fact that it's about drug abuse. And the most dangerous of them is heroin. There's even a baby that dies because I think uh, the woman was a, a heroin addict and she breastfed the baby. And then um, there's a lot of betrayal in the film. But at the heart of this film is uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor who worked with Danny Boyle three times. Well, four if you count the sequel. I'm such a fan of this film because it's one of the cornerstones of the 90s. And when you talk about the 90s with people, they're like, whoa. Especially those who weren't there. If you weren't in the 90s, let me explain it to you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was it was a very eclectic time. 
There was no social media. A lot of your mistakes were hidden. Nobody had a camera to take pictures of it. Smartphones didn't exist. If you wanted to go on the internet, you had to get on your BlackBerry and you had to do it. It was a very interesting, smells like teen spirit, Jimmy Spoke kind of time. Yeah, because make me over, I'm all I want to be. A walking study, come on. Yeah. But hey, it's about the Benjamins. <laughs> when little Kim had her regular face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we know why she got the plastic surgery, but it's like, okay. Yeah, but you took it a little too far. I remember watching Train Spotting and just thinking, damn. And, the, and it's funny. I mean, there's the seriousness, but then it's, it's funny. Okay. And there's moments like this. What are you waiting for? Tommy. This is not natural, man. It's a great outdoors. It's fresh air. Look, Tommy, we know you're getting a hard time off Lizzie, but there's really no need to take it out on us. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? It's shite being Scottish. But the law is to the law. The scum of the fucking earth. The most wretched, miserable, servile, pathetic trash that was ever shined to civilization. Some people hate the English. I don't. They're just wankers. We, on the other hand, are colonized by wankers. Can't even find a decent culture to be colonized by. We're ruled by a few assholes. It's a shite state of affairs to be in, Tommy, and all the fresh air in the world won't make any fucking difference. Sorry, man. Don't like... No, I'm sorry. I can't... No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Ewan McGregor is Mark. Renton boy or red boy. Huh. Uh, Ewan Bremer is Daniel Spud Murphy. Johnny Lee Miller as Simon Sick Boy Williamson. Robert Carlyle as Francis Frank Franco Begbie. Kevin McKidd as Thomas Tommy McKenzie. Kelly McDonald as Diane Colston. Peter Mullen as Swanee Mother Superior. Fiona Bell as Diane's mother. Pauline Lynch as Lizzie. Sue Ann Vedler as Allison. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Pre-production began in April of 1995. Ewan McGregor was cast after impressing Boyle and McDonald with his work on their previous film, Shallow Grave. According to Boyle, for the role of Renton, they wanted the quality of Michael Caine's character in Alfie and Malcolm, McDowell, Malcolm McDowell's character in A Clockwork Orange. Repulsive with charm that makes you feel deeply ambiguous about what he's doing. McGregor shaved his head and lost two stone, 12.7 kilograms for the film. Ewan Bramer had played Renton in the stage adaption of Trainspotting and agreed to play the role of Spud, saying he felt the character the characters were part of my heritage. Boyle had heard about Johnny Lee Miller playing an American in the film Hackers and was impressed when he auditioned to, by doing a Sean Connery accent. For the role of Begbie, 
uh, Boyle considered casting Christopher Eggleston for his resemblance to how he imagined the character in the novel, but asked Robert Carlyle instead. Carlyle said, I've met loads of Begbies in my time. Wander around Glasgow on Saturday night. You've got a good chance for running into Begbie. For the role of Diane, Boyle wanted an unknown actress so audiences wouldn't, would not realize that a 19-year-old was playing a 15-year-old. The filmmakers sent flyers to nightclubs and boutiques and approached people on the street, eventually hiring Kelly McDonald. The casting of uh, Keith Allen as the dealer was a reference to Allen's role in Shallow Grave, with the implication that he plays the same character in both. Principal photography uh, was shot in mid-1995 over seven weeks on a budget of $1.5 million, with the cast and crew working out of an abandoned cigarette factory in Glasgow. Due to the time constraints and a tight budget, most scenes were done in one take, which contributed to the grungy look of the film. For example, when Renton sinks into the floor after overdosing in heroin, the crew built a platform above a trap door and lowered the actor down. The feces in the worst toilet in the Scotland scene was made from chocolate. (laughs) Although set in Edinburgh, most of the film was shot in Glasgow, apart from the opening scenes, which were shot in Edinburgh, and the final scenes were shot in London. It's a classic film. Yeah, it's a it's it's a, the the British Pulp Fiction, as they call it. It's a good movie. It's a classic. <sighs> Did Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up? I don't remember. I really don't. Yeah. Hodge was not oh, it was nominated for a best adapted screenplay but lost to Billy Bob Thornton's Sling Blade. Yeah. The sequel, I haven't watched the sequel yet, and I plan to. Yeah. Train spotting. Twenty six years ago. It's a classic. Those of us who lived through the 90s and were teenagers knew of, knew of its existence. I'm trying to remember when when did it come out? I think it came out in the summer of 1996 to the U.S. And here we are. We're riding off the heels of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's always good to go back to when we first, you know, fell for an actor. Or we first knew that this actor was someone that we could trust by going to all of his films. And for me, that was Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is just, you know, I'm not a big um, Moulin Rouge fan, but he was good in it. And I remember my friend in college loved Ewan McGregor. You have to say it with the accent. And I was, we were talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And for me, what solidified him as Obi-Wan Kenobi, because yes, Alec Guinness started the role but only played him once and that is when his master is stabbed what does he do he goes no and that forever rings in my ears i can't do it like him but yeah and so he he really is an iconic actor but the the star wars audience see that's that's all they know him for That's all they know him for. And 
it's it's I I encourage those of you who have never seen Train Spotting, Shallow Grave, Life a Life Less Ordinary is a really great film. It's a really great film. Go watch it. But just be prepared because the '90s were a different time. Okay, they were a different time, and. I am queuing it up. We're going to approach the moment that I just talked about. It's a it's a very startling moment. And I couldn't find it. Oh wait, I oh yeah, I did. I did. Here we go. Here's the moment. To go from shallow grave and train spawning and a life less ordinary to Star Wars. That's pretty fucking impressive. Even an episode of ER. (laughs) Remember that? Remember? So it's always good to go back. And 25 years ago, it was all about a life less ordinary. Stopped, which is appropriate. So the 90s were very Ewan McGregor. Or, well, I'm sorry, we have to get the accent. They were a very Ewan McGregor kind of time. And it ended tail end with The Phantom Menace, where he played Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so for all of us at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, mainly just myself, thank you, Ewan. Continue. 
with the exceptional roles. And one day, one day in a land far away, you're going to get an Oscar. Unpleasant dreams.